Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Riverpoint and West End Church. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Ryan. Whether you're watching on our website, uh, social media, Fire Stick, Apple TV, Roku, YouTube, uh, wherever you're watching this message from, uh, I truly believe there's something God really wants you to hear today. Uh, if a friend, colleague, family member shared this link with you and it's your first time uh, checking us out. I-, I want you to know what we've been doing a collection of talks over the last month called Not What You Think, where we've been breaking down some stories and messages found in scripture that we believe might surprise you when actually taking a deeper dive. Maybe uh, you were taught some things about God growing up, that he was an angry God or was trying to zap you. And and here's the deal. My my hope and prayer uh, in this series, uh, and maybe you want to go back and check out some some messages in this series that have been great from Patrick uh, and some some more that are coming up in in the coming weeks. But but maybe you want to check check back in and and see um, that I I, I just think that what you're going to find is that this is a series that will give you an opportunity to perhaps be reintroduced to a God that loves you very, very much. Today's message is called Pigs and Pearls. Pigs and Pearls. And it's based on this line uh, found in a, a guy named Matthew who wrote an account of Jesus's life. We call it the Gospel of Matthew. And in the seventh chapter, Jesus he says this, he says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. I mean, it's such somewhat of an odd statement. Perhaps you've heard somebody quote that and you thought, that is the weirdest phrase I have ever heard. Or perhaps you heard somebody say it and you thought, that makes no sense at all. And like, I don't, I don't even think this person that is saying it even knows what it means or makes any sense. And I'll just tell you this. It's not what you think. Now, what we, what we want to do is we want to understand exactly what's happening here. So here, here's what's interesting. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we have in chapters 5, 6, and 7, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. We call it, a lot of scholars consider it the greatest sermon of all time. Now, whether it's a, a continuous sort of series of teachings that people said, okay, Jesus taught this. Scholars believe the Sermon on the Mount took about three days to deliver. Think of a three-day conference. And basically, to, to summarize this sermon, it was Jesus's understanding of how to live in the world. And, and you'd be surprised at the words that Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, how relevant they are to the year 2020. It covers just about everything. It covers uh, true blessings, materialism, generosity, divorce, that part's tricky, adultery, read that one, that'll get you, Uh, murder, loving each other, grace. I mean, it's got so much. And then towards the end of this sermon comes this line about pearls and pigs. And it's a, it's a classic case of a phrase people have heard, but oftentimes have no idea what it means or where it comes from. And, and I want to show you what's going on here and how it's had an impact on my life and truly how I think it can have an 
impacts on yours. What you have to understand about the words of Jesus is um, they're not cavalier. The words of Jesus are very strategic. There is a a specific progression here. And and the progression is just below the surface. So it's not just random bits and pieces of information that Jesus put together. No, he's being very, very intentional. Now, whenever you're wanting to fully understand something Jesus said, it's a good practice to look at what Jesus said before and after that phrase to get a full context. In today's message, I want us to look at what Jesus said before this pearls and pigs statement. And here's what we find in Matthew chapter six. It says this, it says, uh, verse 31. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is giving us his insight on possessions, food, and essentially something that plagues a lot of us, paying bills. I mean, Jesus is zooming in on the stuff. He's going, all right, come here, come here, come here, come close. I want to talk to you for just a second. Here's the deal. The stuff that's keeping us awake at night, the stuff that makes us depressed, the stuff that causes us the most stress, the stuff that makes us anxious and continuously worrying about what's going to happen next, continuously worrying about Tomorrow, it's like Jesus is saying, my friend, whether you're a church person or not, or consider yourself a Jesus follower or not, he's inviting each and every one of us to have a non-anxious presence in the world that you and I live in. It's an invitation to have a non-anxious presence in our home when we're trying to figure out how to homeschool. He's inviting us to have a non-anxious presence when we're trying to predict the future. It's an invitation to trust the divine and gain his much larger perspective on our life, on our marriage, on our family, on our career, and on our future. Like if you've ever found yourself owned by worry. If you're watching this message, if you're listening to this message and you've ever found yourself in a situation where you have just been completely owned by anxiety, the good news for you today is the teachings of Jesus just might set you free. So he ends chapter six with this invitation about letting go of our worries. And then shifts to this in Matthew chapter seven, he says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Jesus goes from encouraging us to live with less worry and less anxiety, having this profound perspective on our life, trusting God with our life. And then he goes into judging others, huh? 
I mean, it, it, it's interesting. He's going into this idea of he's going, hey, uh, you were worried about you, but judging others, this is where you're kind of worried about someone else. And isn't one of our favorite phrases, don't judge me? I mean, I love using that phrase. Uh, let, let me help you understand something. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to confess something to you. Y'all are family to me. Okay, like I, I just, I got to be honest. I have a problem in my life. It's an Amazon Prime problem. I be ordering stuff that I don't need to be ordered. And, and my wife has gotten to a point in our marriage where she don't even, even say what she thinks about the stuff that I order. She just looks at me with judgment. I'm like, woman, don't judge me like that. Listen, last Christmas, I bought an abs electromagnetic stimulator. And what it does is you hook these pads up to, to your stomach and you can get a six pack just by sitting on the couch. Okay. Like it, it, it just, it just is what it is. And they only work like once they lose their stickiness. It's like, why did I get this? I don't know. But when my wife caught me putting these things on my stomach in my office, she just walked by and all I could look at her and say was, don't, don't judge me. But when Jesus says, don't judge, do not judge. And he's talking about, don't do this thing with others. I mean, there's the word judge can kind of come in different forms. I think three to be exact, there's the kind of judging that happens in a courtroom in the legal system. Jesus isn't saying we need to get rid of the, the judicial system. Uh, then there's the, the second kind of judging uh, that happens when you and I make decisions like about what to wear. I mean, have you ever seen somebody with an outfit on and you thought you made a bad judgment call? I, I mean, have you ever looked one of your old Facebook profile pics and thought you made a bad judgment call on yourself with that outfit. So that's the second way we can use the word judgment. But third way we see the word used is, is in a context that is not so good. In fact, the gospel of Matthew was written in Greek and the word Matthew used for judge in the original language was the word krino, K-R-I-N-O. The basic understanding of this word was this was the thing that happens when you lower another in order to raise yourself. Judging is when you put another down, which then elevates you. It's the idea that if I puff myself up, I can do that by deflating you. Do you know what it's called when we do this before we know someone? It's called prejudice, pre Judging, it's me making a call about you before I actually even know you. It's assuming I know something about you without asking you. I did this at Target once. You know, at Target, people just wear red. Their employees just wear red, any kind of red. I saw a guy stocking shelves in a Jordan jersey, a Chicago Bulls Jordan jersey. I said, hey man, y'all don't got no uniform. You know what I'm saying? And then I saw another guy in a red polo and I said, hey, y'all got any more Lysol? He said, I don't work here. I said, then why did you wear a red polo to Target? I've made a judgment about somebody before I actually knew them. It's like we're all trying to find our place in the world and sometimes we'd rather put someone in a box or put someone in a place lower than us to make ourselves feel better about our place. So when Jesus says, don't judge, he's saying, hey, don't try and control and manipulate others through condemnation or negativity because it will come back on you. I mean, haven't we seen this a lot in 2020? Haven't we done this to ourselves? You ever watch a group of people wearing a mask, see a person walk by without a mask? I mean, it's like, oh, no, you did it. 
Judgment. We see this in political conversations. We see this on social media. It's as if Jesus is going, first, I want you to stop worrying about yourself. And secondly, I want you to stop worrying about other people and their business. Leave them alone. Jesus then tells us more and, he, and he, he's really digging in now. He's going, Matthew 7 verse 3 says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eyes? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Isn't it amazing? that we can be experts on seeing what's wrong with everyone else. We know exactly what's wrong with Republicans. We know exactly what's wrong with Democrats. Oh, we know exactly what's wrong with our neighbors. We know exactly what's wrong with our spouses. It is crystal clear what's wrong with our in-laws. But when it comes to our own issues, it's often fuzzy. Jesus suggests that you can't see others clearly with flawed vision yourself. Jesus goes from worrying about yourself to worrying about others, to judging, to mercy, to sawdust, to specks, to planks in your brother's eye. And then we land on dogs, pearls and pigs and being torn to pieces. Jesus is trying to get us to trust him with our lives. And then he's inviting us to trust him with the lives of others. He's inviting you and I to a life where we know we're going to be okay and others will be too. (laughs) Being torn to pieces is a volatile illustration of how things usually end when we spend our time trying to change other people. A lot of people will spend their entire life frustrated because they can never get other people to change. Most of us believe the world would be a better place if everybody else changed. I mean, haven't we all felt this at some point where there was someone trying to get us to change? Someone trying to get us to see things their way where someone was trying to push their agenda on us and we felt it. And what did we do? We pushed back. Um, The interesting thing about pearls is they're not easily found. To obtain the richest and most beautiful pearls, a diver must dive again and again and again. Then after lifting the shells from the seafloor, he must force upon the mouth of each shell and dig through the tough meat of the muscle, poking and searching for the tiny white pearl that was formed over a long period of time. These pearls are precious. They're rare. They're valuable and they are hard to obtain. They took time to get. What I want to encourage you to do today is this. Value your time and energy because worrying about others and yourself is a waste of it. Another waste of your time is trying to get people to think like you. Pigs, they were considered the lowest of animals. And Jesus is going, hey, here's the deal. Don't give what is the most valuable to what is the least valuable. Like your time is precious and you can waste it on doing something that is completely not adding any value to your life. It's amazing how we can have deep anxiety about where we are in life and then actually transfer that to somebody else's path in life. 
I just want to encourage you today. You're going to be okay. And so will they, even if they don't think like you, even if they don't talk like you, even if they don't believe like you, they're a free person. Jesus is going home, throw your pearls to pigs. I mean, you got to ask yourself this question, like what, what would it look like for you to just let it go? I used to get so frustrated with people because they sit down with me and they ask me for advice. And then they do the exact opposite of what I told them to do. But you know what? I had to learn that I can be present with someone and not feel like I own them or their actions. I could truly be present and be there free and truly honest without an agenda. I mean, what would it look like to live in relationships without trying to change other people with no hidden agendas? You know, we can only control how much we change, right? We can only, we can only do so much about the speck in our own eye. Can't do much about someone else's. Pearls and pigs. It's an invitation to guard what is so valuable and it's our time and our energy and Jesus is inviting you and Jesus is inviting me to say, hey, don't, don't waste that. I want to invite everybody listening, watching this message to have a relationship with Jesus. If you've never had one, man, today's the day. I encourage you, invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You say, Jesus, I, today I'm going to make a decision. I want to follow you. I want to base my life on how you lived and what you taught about life. And when you do, I believe you're going to have a non-anxious presence in this world. And you're going to find yourself valuing what is most precious and not giving it away to others that will not appreciate what God has put on the inside of you. Pearls and picks is not what you think. God, I thank you for each and every person watching this message today. Lord, if there's anybody that decided for the first time today to give their heart to you, to follow you, God, I I pray that they would live with a non-anxious presence in this world. I pray, God, that they would step into a life that you've invited us all to where we don't have to worry about tomorrow. May we not waste our energies in places that don't value what we bring to the world. May we guard what is most precious that you have put inside of us. May we truly guard our time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. We will see you next week.